So you ready? Ready as I'm going to be. What are you most nervous about? Actually not nervous, just uh, the format, not even really watching podcasts in general, anything like that before, or listening to even podcasts. Right, but you've got the, con- I mean, you know the content. Yeah. So it's just like getting you there, like helping you share that with the world. Yeah. And right. A lot of times it's easier when it's easy to share. Most of the time people are asking me questions. Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll be happening. <laughs> and, um, but we'll see what happens. So let's just start it. Okay. Blue Collar CFO. So I think we should first start off with kind of introduction. So who are you? And then basically what qualifies you to give me or anyone listening in the small business community financial advice? My name is Jason DeRozier. I have been running multiple businesses for, I'd say now, I think I started my first business in 2005. And as I worked full time with a regular job, things I started to notice there's no way I was going to continue to work in this job. And the more I got into with other partners and different groups, I learned a lot through just the hard work and seeing everybody else, how they do things. And I think there's a lot of things missing with a lot of business owners today. They're really smart at one thing, but they're lacking in the other. So starting off like, like you truly did start off blue collar working and then moved all the way into like financial management by seeing those gaps to fill. Yep. I played base one year in baseball down at LCC in Kinston. got a job at UPS when I was 20, moved up here, learned to drive a truck. And I, I realized right then I was very lucky to have something like that. At the same time, the skill set I never knew I had until I basically got about $36,000 in debt as a young man before I even knew what it. What age was that? You know, by the time I was 25, I was $36,000 in debt and I just got a full-time job right. and I was working three jobs for five years before that. So is this like debt, debt or like managed assets or debt? Gotcha. Uh, like, didn't like, own any asset like, other maybe than a, a couch, which I would not consider an asset. And <laughs> I had a, a, a busted up uh, blazer, which was probably worth about two grand. So out of the 35, 36,000 of debt, I think 2000 of that was an asset. Gotcha. And really, a car is not an asset, so I'm not even going to go with that part. Yeah, depreciating asset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it had already depreciated enough, so right. I was already at that side. So knowing that, knowing that that's where you know your backstory is, who do you think the the listener is that can benefit the most for you? Like who who is the audience we're hoping to reach? You're hoping to reach? I'm hoping to reach the the business owner that knows what they're doing in their business, and they're really good at what they do. The one thing they might be lacking is uh, – Funding, right? How how do I get this um, customer to pay me that he stopped paying me? Um, how do I fund this big project? I just landed this huge product project, but it's going to take some money to get up going. How do I do this? Right. So they've got a good product, but they lack a controller. They lack the financial knowledge to to fl- to extend their runway right. most, to to run through. Yeah, that. most small businesses don't have time to pay for an accountant, a lawyer, and or a CFO or a controller, like you said. Right. And nor can you go paying an accountant to talk to you every day, you know, do stuff like that. So 
from an overall perspective, I can get the person going in the right direction. And then I like to teach them how to use QuickBooks, how to use these tools. It's not like they're always going to rely on me. Yeah, or like, sorry to interrupt, but it's just like tools in general. Like what, like you mentioned QuickBooks, like if QuickBooks isn't for them, like using something else, you know. Exactly. Um, Smart sheets, they keep their projects all the way going, or Slack or Monday. There's a lot of different things that a lot of, they know that one thing that they're doing, but they lack all the other things. Yeah. They lack an HR department. They they lack a, an accounting department, but they might have five or six employees and they're doing really well, and they don't know how to get to that next. And there's not right. a lot of people out there to give free advice or yeah. um, different kind of products like that. Nobody knows how to do it. Or breaking it back down, like in me personally, so I haven't introduced myself, but, you know, Spencer Bunning working with you in a couple different areas. Um and I myself, we can talk about me later, but it's also understanding oh, no, that let's talk about you. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but it's understanding that like you, you are on a, you are on a ladder to bigger, bigger businesses. You're like, you know, your niche that you work well within and you work well there mm-hmm. and you bring that success to other partners you work with. Like you're not, you're not using company like company one open new doors, just like UPS, no pun intended, open right. doors for yep. you with that network, but also you, you know what work, like you know that your solutions work for companies and the advice that you have works for this sector, these certain sectors and these certain sizes and you take it on. You're, you know, you're not trying to get to a fortune 500 company. Well, that'd be great. It's like, or create one. Yeah. Like, (laughs) well, that'd be great. But you, you find a lot of like, you find your value and your joy in helping smaller companies continue their business. Yeah. Um, the very first business I ever opened, I went down to the tax office. I had no clue how to run a business. The internet was out, but it wasn't like, you know, it's prevalent as it was. What year was this? I was going to say 2003, four when gotcha. I first started thinking about it. Right. Um, and I walked in and this, this young lady, um, she was one of the directors and she, she put me back in her office for about an hour and step by step, exactly what I needed to do with sales tax set up my sole proprietorship, and, and if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I would have went the next day. And um, I I wish I could remember her name right. at and, the time being young. And now they have a lot, of, a lot of communities have small business development centers where, you know, not only do they have those people who can give you that advice in the moment, they have, like, offices you can use for very little money, if any. Yeah. There's other people working like you that can build. There's a show on, I think it was True TV, can't remember what it's called. Well, I'll figure it out in a little bit. But it's this guy who on he owns a mortgage company, right. and he starts and he goes to this rundown town in Indiana with a hundred dollars in his pocket and a truck, like a full tank of gas. And he basically like he uses he shows it seems legit. It's a little bit of staging in there, but overall it seems relatively legit. And uh, I read about it online because I'm that nerd who goes and reads the producer notes, and it, they said it was all real. But he shows how you can use that small de- business development center to your advantage. Yeah, like he runs that company out of a hotel room, and the small business like he has all his meetings there free of free of charge. He picks up two employees from there yeah. by giving them like a small percentage in the company. So it's just like those types of resources. Just like you said, you know, going into your tax office, setting up. I mean, my first company I started was um, luckily I was working with a serial entrepreneur at the time on some other projects and he helped me build mine, but it was, I didn't know how to create an LLC. I didn't know how to get an EIN number. I didn't know that I even needed those things, but him showing me the way to do it quickly allowed me to share with other people. Like 
in the state of North Carolina where we are, you technically you can get your EIN before your LLC is approved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't like for you to do that, but you can, but that gets you a bank account quicker and then your bank account lets you do business while the Secretary of State's running everything through. Um, so that's, I mean, that's pretty cool, pretty cool information. But I think that's a consensus, I mean, a concise way of putting things into who we're hoping to help in this. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be here every time. This yeah. is your show. We'll have other people on. We'll talk about the guests later on this episode, but it is it is nice to know this is here to share because I would listen to this if I was if it was me in two thousand nine starting company A, you know, I would I would listen to this on my drive because I lived twenty minutes from where I was working at every day. Right. I would listen to this, you know, there and back. So that's great. Uh what was your first company? I actually um I used to, I, I've been a gambler my whole life and I was playing cards in my house with my friends over. And, um, so I built my bonus room. Once I built my first house, I took a year and built my room out and I started, um, playing cards. Got to the point that it was just really fun. So I made some t-shirts said Greenville rounders. And, um, at the time, this is when the poker boom happened on TV and like ESPN was running all these different poker games. And there wasn't a lot of people that knew exactly how to play a certain type of game and or get poker chips or stuff like that. You would never, you go to Walmart, you get those little plastic ones, but that's all you could find. Yeah. So a buddy of mine owned a bar here in town and I went to him and I, I ended up getting a couple um, wholesalers, finding poker chips and they would let me put a display case in his bar. And as I did that, people would come in and just buy like crazy. So the very first time I asked him, I said, look, uh, let me go ahead and run a poker game out of here. He goes, What's it going to cost me? I said, a couple gift cards for, to the winners. Right. I'm going to charge $3 a head that walk in. They all get a play and they shoot pool too if they don't. He's like, man, I don't know if it'll work. I said, just give me a shot. The very first night I had ordered eight tables and 80 chairs all around. I had 140 something people show up. They were playing <laughs> poker on the pool tables. Nice. So it was amazing. It just blew out to the point where I couldn't even give out the many. I didn't have enough chips because it takes a lot of chips to run a 140-man <clears throat> poker tournament. Yeah. So as that happened, I was still working at UPS, so I would literally run three nights a week out of this bar. And then I started getting other bars wanting to do the same thing. And I, I built a website, and then the guys would play. And I would keep up with their uh, points. Whoever finished in the top 10, you get a certain point. So then there was a big thing in Greenville, North Carolina, where you could see if you were the best card player. Right. Um, and it, it kept up really good. So it became a little trend item. And then my display case, I would come back from UPS and all my stuff would be gone, just sold. Right. And I'd go buy about 10 more, po- you know, put them back in there and then gone again. And then with the UPS connection, I knew so many people just working every day, always on different routes that um, – that's how I got really going into it, and that's how I met a lot of my new business partners, and I just learned as I went. Yeah, and that's a big thing, too, when it comes to, like, thinking about, like you said, about UPS. Like, I know this, but I've known you personally, but even thinking about that, it's like you see the people, like, you, if you're listening, you know your UPS guy that comes to your house. Like, right. it's the same person every day. But knowing that UPS person has, what, 100, 100 200 stops on an average a day? The ones that don't work hard, yes. Okay, so more than that, yeah. But, like, if you're personable, if you have a semi-decent personality, you're going to build relationships with people you see every day, even if yeah. it's nothing but, like, five or six words. of like, hey, another package a day. Just something yeah. you know, something to, like, build, an, build a relationship, and that's something you're going to remember later when they 
when you're not in the when you're not in that uniform you see every day. So like, and if you if you're still if you're the business owner who's starting that side business, still working your day job because you got to pay the bills. Yeah. Like that's how I was when when I when I left and started my own, and luckily I had some different avenues to run. Like I was running like three different things to get to that point. Yeah. The side hustles to make up for the main, but it's that like understand everybody. Remember everybody's name. Remember where you met everybody, and that's it. Like, don't remember anything else. Just remember where you met them. Yep. Remember their name, and you can still like you can always have something to seem personable, but also something to fall back on to like a conversation starter. So like I've always I always do this thing. It's like you someone when you meet someone, they typically they say their name while shaking your hand. Right. You say their name back to them, mm-hmm. almost like question mark you know yeah and then they say it back and it's like you've heard their name three times so if you can't remember it then your brain ain't right right <laughs> if you can't remember something you heard three times <laughs> in a row like bang 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 you're not quite there and most people are always talking they're not listening and one good thing is i learned how to listen and right. then delivering to a lot of small business owners i my first route was down on west fifth street yeah for seven years and well you really get to know small business owners and you see that missing lack you always see the secretary you see the workers you see the boss man, but you never really see like a, a CFO or somebody with some money intelligence sitting back there. And it's not, it's, it's about being, you have to be, when it comes to money, you got to do it right. You cannot just look at it and go, Oh, it'll be okay where I got this open invoice and that, and they're going to pay me. It just doesn't happen like that. Right. So you have to have plans in place to make sure that you can always pay your employees. You can always pay your vendors that you're using and the customers owe you money, pay you. Yeah, so you said something about you you listen well. And there, that reminded me of this saying that it's like today's day and age where we are, so many people, like social media has changed us, of course, but so many people, we we listen to react. We don't listen to hear. Right. You know, so like, but personal relationships are built by listening just to hear. Yeah. Like just literally like I've taken your statement. Like I don't have to react to it. I've taken it. And yeah. I, I, okay, I, I hear you, you know. Right. That's really big, but so like you said about money to pay for pay vendors and money to pay employees with Greenville Rounders. Did you have employees? I did. I ended up starting to have one or two because I couldn't run all the different bars. Right. So I hired a couple guys, and um, I think most of the guys were they were paying me a little bit of money, and I would just say, "Look, guys," and they loved doing. A lot of guys would do it for free just to be the guy running the poker game because he became just as popular as the guy that owned it. Yeah. So I would just pay them. And it got to the point that it was so popular that the bar owners said, Hey, look, I can't keep paying you. Can you sell me this stuff? And then I just transferred it over to them. And then the employees still wanted to work and they let them work. So it was a good switch off. And then that just got me into other businesses that a different realm. Plus it was, you know, it was a lot to do trying to, you know, any UPS driver out there, they're working the summer and then trying to get over to the bar at seven o'clock and work yeah. till 12. It wasn't exactly. And Easter, yeah, yeah. And Eastern North Carolina summers aren't, aren't, <laughs> yeah. aren't uh, very fun in general. Yeah. But so we go on. So that's the employee side, but with the vendor side, what vendors did you have? So this product you were putting in, did, I mean, I'm assuming you had lead times. You, that was a hard cost. Like, was that all capital you were fronting until paid back, or did, did eventually to even out and it was paying for itself? No UPS money was going into it. Oh yeah, I, I started that business with very little bit of money, and then I would I would buy the products because at the time Walmart, CVS, well, I mean, you can go in anywhere now and just buy poker chips. But right then you couldn't. So no matter what product I put out there, they were going to buy it because right. they could touch it, feel it, and they, I was the only one doing it. 
And then I got to the point where I was running around North Carolina has a lot of um, poker houses back in the day. A lot of main poker players come out of Eastern North Carolina. So I was running the circuit and then I would supply these guys with all of their stuff in every game all over Eastern North Carolina. And I got to meet a lot of different type of people, a lot of business yeah. guys that didn't want to say they were playing cards. But at the same time, it was really great to see respected high-end people and along with other guys that are not so respected. And stuff, <laughs> yeah. But it's just the way it goes. Yeah. It's the only card game where you can sit next to a doctor and a drug dealer at the same time and actually get along. Yeah. And you wouldn't even think about it. And you've also, so you've got a couple of things going for you at this point. You've got the network you built from walking into businesses and mm-hmm. dropping their packages off. But you've also got the, the like, there's this, like, peer, this vendor to them, but also this, they're your customer in mm-hmm. this regard. So it's like building that two points of relationships. And so, you know, it creates more conversation, too. It's like, you're always busy doing something. You know, meet somebody. It's like, you were doing this, doing that. So that... That helps a lot because you're always in front of these people. Right. You're in front of them when they may, like, see, say you did see the CFO, and no offense to, like, UPS workers or, like, any vendor who's in and out of yeah. a business, but, like, they're, like, I don't see who drops off our mail, and I, but I, I'm nice to people whenever I see them, but I don't see that person right. because I'm in my office. Right. But, so, even that person you wouldn't see, and if I did, I'd speak, but also they're, you're seeing that same person at, that evening with something where their attention is, where they are paying attention to who's running it and yeah. wanting to know. So you're kind of hitting both sides. All right. So that's kind of like how you started into business. Um, there's going to be plenty of episodes of this to hear more about the story of you, but where, like, what, what are you in now? Like, what is your, what's your main goal and what you're doing now? Like what type of business are you in? What type of businesses are you working with? And ultimately what do you want to continue um, as you move forward? Right now, my main company um, that I deal with is mine, and I invest in small business owners, and I fund some of their business needs when needed. I usually try, I'm in with about anywhere from 15 to 25 companies that I'm either dealing with or helping, but I'm really into- This is through J. Scott. J. Scott Investments. Yeah. I'm connected to all these people, and what I've done with, because I've made such a good group- I've also brought in one of my other companies brings in other business owners in town where they, we save money up and then we loan the money back to our personal companies. So that helps when one of our companies might be a little funded short. It's easy to say, hold on a minute, move some money over there, charge them a fee. So we're able to build a network up quicker, kind of like building our own bank without going to the bank. And it, it, it makes a difference when you can call somebody and say, hey, I need 1500 bucks. Right. If you go to the bank, they're going to be, ha, I'll sign this, fill this out, give me your blood, do this and that. Or I can yeah. be like, hold on, I'll start you a check. Um, it makes some paperwork really quick. Um, I work with a digital uh, marketing agency that I'm, I do day-to-day CFO work with them. I'm a partner in um, a restaurant that has multiple locations. I, we started an online um, CBD company that are, just uses products that are legal. And then are not, you know, outside the box of what right. North Carolina would expect us to do. Um, so when it comes to that, I also do, uh, I just, in general, I've got a bid network and I help people find loans. So if I can't help somebody, I'm also able to find their funding needs in a very quick amount of time. Yeah, you're, it's just like, it's just like with us, what we do at the agency is like, we, we may not be the solution. Like you may not be able to satisfy our MLEs, right. but 
we are able to refer you to someone who can be the solution. So, like, if you've only got five grand to spend, yeah. okay, we'll call so-and-so down the street. They're going to be really great for you. They hit this price point. They do a great product. You know, if we're happy to work with you, but, like, this is what this is what we had to do. Right. And you prove, your, like, you prove yourself as, like, the solution. You still mm-hmm. helped them, and they left with a good experience as opposed to, like, oh, you, don't, you can't do anything for me. What do I do? Oh, I don't know. Too bad. Yeah. But I think what overall with this episode, like, it, it's meant to be shorter and like give people a taste of what's coming, but it also shows them. It's like, not only do we have guests lined up that are a digital agency owner, our other restaurant owners, we have, you know, some staffing companies, some retail product companies, et cetera. These owners that are talking and financial guys too. You also have like, you personally have experience. Like you're in the retail space. Mm -hmm. You were with rounders. You still are now. You're in the service a service a service space as a like CFO slash controller because you are con- you're doing a lot of that right now, and you're in the restaurant the hospitality space. So like these are industries that if we think about blue collar, that is blue collar retail service hospitality. Like it doesn't get more than that. Yeah. So like if you're listening, if you're listen, if you're at, if you're a listener listening right now, it's like it may be, it may not be your specific industry. Like you may own an ice cream shop or you may own a roofing company, yeah. but like a roofing company is a service-based industry that has a problem with people paying their invoices. And like, we're going to talk about ways to get people to pay their invoices. That's right. You know, as we get there. So that's, I think that you're current. That's why I wanted to get into what you're currently doing because you started off here and like, yeah, you had the cushion of UPS while you were hustling on the that's side, right. but now like you don't have the cushion of UPS anymore. No. You've got the cushion you built from the side businesses that's allowing you to run these other ones. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, like you said, the service, the blue collar. I, I help a lot of staffing companies, construction, plumbing, um, cleaning. Yeah. So I, I'm in uh, every business that your normal guy that you see at the bar or church is doing every right. day. And that's just part of who I am. I'm not – I didn't come for money, so I'm not going to sit there with people uh, that – I'm never going to be sitting in those particular seats. But what I like to do is try to help the ones that need help like I needed. And just it it brings me joy to help them get on there. And a lot of the people I do work with, they know I don't charge. I try to help them. If it works out, sometimes I can make commissions for helping them get loans and or I get into their business to help them move it forward. All right. So what would be something what would be something that looking back? You're like, you know, now we always say like, if my former self knew myself mm-hmm. now, you know, like, so what's something when you were starting rounders was something that you wish you knew then that would have made you either more successful or more profitable or more a smoother process. I, I, one of the things I, I wish I would have left UPS earlier. Um, they always say, if you're really going to be successful in business, you have to focus on your business. All in. Yeah. Um, at the same time, my dad was a, a Marine, you know, 28 years in the service. So for me, I felt a loyalty to UPS, and it was a great company, love working, great benefits. And at the end of the years, I kept uh, – I had a really good boss that let me take a lot of time off, which was made it a lot easier for me to transition to business. But the one thing I could have done earlier, once I got out of debt when I was 32, I wish I just would have left then um, because – but you, like you said, I wouldn't have never met some of the other partners I did. Right. Some of the businesses that didn't work out actually led me to the ones that did. So, yeah, fail, yeah, yeah. Fell for that that cliche thing of failing yeah. forward. People, I was like, oh, you, I mean, like, good, I lost on this, but that guy actually brought me this guy, which is now a multi million dollar company. So it's amazing. You have to learn. You have to fail. 
it's part of it's the part of it. Right. So when you think about that, so um, kind of what you just said a minute ago about failing forward and building those relationships, it's do you think that um, there's there's room to, like what do you do when you lose everything? You know, like I think there's part of like that. Obviously, that's not what you want to do, but I'm sure there's people listening that this may be their third or fourth company. So like, what what did you do in those instances? Like, were you quick to cut bait? And abandon that idea, or did you continue to nurture it? I know there's probably some that have been nurtured and some that have been, like, completely abandoned. Like, yeah. I can think of several that I've worked with you on that have been either abandoned or nurtured, yeah. you know, that should have been abandoned. But what what do you, what do you think sets the tone for cut bait or continue to drag it along with you while you focus on other things? That was a – and I'm still learning that, actually. Um, but that was a tough lesson to learn. There was a business that – the guy, when I was in the office, was working his butt off. As soon as I left the office, he started to focus on different things. Cause, and You're talking about me? No. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you never really know, but it's like a, a stock. You, know? you just keep losing it. You got to let her go. You got to right. take the loss. Um, and in business, too, there are some times you just got to let it go and, and, and move forward in a positive direction. So that's something too, like that can be talked about with like services, the service-based industry, like we're talking about too. It's like understanding, like, like you said, this, this invoice is going to go out, this check is going to come in. Those types of problems. Like we've had that with the agency and we'll have products, projects that are like, you know, from, from year one, like, like, in year six, year one would be like, it would be half of year one's revenue, right. that one project, yeah. which is awesome. But we also know it's like, this is keeping us here 80 hours a week. This is low key killing our team. Like this client is completely unreasonable. Like we have like understanding when it's best to not only cut bait for like your, your company, cut your company and start something new, yeah. but also cut a client, like fire a client. So it helps it helps with that money side too. It's like, does the risk outweigh the reward in regards to the money? But you mentioned something a minute ago about being debt free by 32. So we talked about being 36,000 in debt at 25, right? So that's the seven year gap. I'm assuming there was house, cars, everything. You know, mm-hmm. most things happen, like nesting happens when you turn 25, like right. building your life, right? So understanding more assets probably came. What was the, what was the path? To being debt free, and is that like truly debt free, or still manage assets, or you know, what's well, that look like? When I got debt free. Um, I finally got the full time job at UPS when I was twenty five. So gotcha. for those first five years after, I worked three jobs. So I was consistently working a hundred some hours a week. I would just rest, go to work, da 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 da. Yeah. So when I finally, um, I met my wife when I was twenty four, twenty five years old. I got my full time job. As I realized that first. That first two years of making UPS money was not even enough for what I was making the last couple of years with all the combined work I was doing. And um, by doing that, um, in this was uh, 2000, 2001, I started driving in 97, but I didn't start my business until 2005. I was, um, I was just like, I mean, I can't stay in this debt. So what I did was when I purchased my first house, I was able to start utilizing my head like, okay, I got to get out of these certain realms of uh bad habits i was doing because sometimes i would just use the money for something and flip into another credit card oh i got a little bit more open i'll flip that again right. you just think that that's okay but in reality it's not 
Well, credit card companies won't let you pay with a credit card anymore. Right. So they, but back then, they, yeah, did, back, they gave you a cut. Yeah, for back doing then, it. yeah, back then, literally, you could have like seven credit cards maxed out, and all they were paying for was each other. Yeah. So I didn't realize. I'm like, you know what? I and and when I was young, the couple things I really wanted to do, I wanted to own a home, and I wanted to play softball every weekend. It was that was like my thing. Like, okay, I'm gonna. This is going to be awesome. Just want to have a normal life. Got me a great job. Now I got me um, some money coming in. But I was so bored because now I'm working. I would bust my workout and be done in six or seven hours. But I'm used to working 18 hours a day. Right. I just took that other stuff. When I finally got debt free was basically more of a structure, not being a 21, 22, 23-year-old. But now you're a 25-year-old. You finally got a full-time job, one job where you wake up on a regular time. You get off at a regular time. So when that stuff happened, <clears throat> I was able to purchase the house, and I just started knocking down my debt. Um, my wife came in debt-free right when we first got married, and then I started working on mine, too. As I got all that taken care of, I started to see the power of not being in debt. Yeah. And so by the time I was 32, that, that working from in 2005, I was still you know, in debt. But I was in the right direction to going forward. So once I finally got debt free, that's when I knew that where that power came from of not having to owe somebody. And <clears throat> so from that point on is when I started meeting other business owners and different kind of things. And I had a different mindset where you have a mindset. When we put ours together, we can really create something. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's knowing. So like I grew up. Fortunately enough, I grew up with parents that like they had debt. Mm-hmm. That's not fortunate Same. they had debt. But like they had debt, but my but my dad would work three jobs to pay it off. It's like debt isn't something you carry. Debt is something you pass you 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 uh pay off. Right. And like in business you're gonna have debt. In yes. life you're gonna have debt. Like that's how life works. That's our culture is created around financing. Yeah. Unless you're super successful and or you, you do like some type of method where you only pay cash for things and you work your way up. I mean it's a longer road, but definitely longer. There's ways there's ways to manage your money, but it's understanding how far you're extending. But based off what you said about the whole wanting to work full time, make make decent money, play softball on the weekend, hit those hobbies. There's a lot of people who do that, and they like that's them thriving. They love that life. I can't. I'm not that person. You're not that person. And it's but also we see a different side of that, which is imposter syndrome sitting in on that. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is what I'm doing, but I'm not doing enough or this isn't enough, or I am bored, or, or, you know, yeah, I'm doing this, but I don't, I don't deserve this life. I'm not, I haven't gotten here. I haven't earned this. Yeah. And that's something like we'll talk about on another episode, but just it's, we, you've been through those things and I've only been a business owner and working like in the entrepreneurial world for about, well, shit, it's probably been 12 years now, 12, 14 years since I was 15. But yeah. so it's like, there's time there. There's time there, but it's nowhere near the time you have. And then also the network that's going to come in here and they'll be able to give their own instances. So there may be some weeks that we always talk about, like there may be three episodes in a row that we're talking about the best way to manage your books, mm-hmm. the best way to set your books up to scale with your company, knowing you're going to have six locations or knowing you're going to have three or knowing you're going to stay where you are, but you still, you want to leave. You don't want to be there. Yeah. Like, And those are things that like, we may talk about those, we may talk about scalability in your, your books mm-hmm. three weeks in a row, but it's going to be from three different three different perspectives that are going to offer things to you. So I think that's where a lot of the value is going to happen is like we're, like you said, like leave the company all in on something. Like you're not all in on any particular thing, but we are, we, the voices that are be here consistently are all in on small businesses. Right. 
like I work with a lot of small businesses on the agency side and from the conception to a 20 year old business that comes to us and they're, they're failing to a 50 year old business to a hundred year old business who yeah. comes to us and needs to get into the digital world to a brand new company. And they've got $25,000 of seed money to a company that has no money and they yeah. need us to help them build an investor pitch deck and things like that. So right. like there's perspectives coming from everywhere, but ultimately I'm hoping that we're able to like give like, like straightforward common sense advice. Like, if you want to start your business, do this. If you want to, if you want to save money, do this. If you want to get out of debt, do this. And uh, I think we'll be able to do that pretty well, especially because we're both straightforward and blunt as hell. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, too, a lot of people, almost all of my business owners, work for somebody else before they started their business. Yeah. No, or while they started their business. Yeah. They yeah. they started. I, I need to get in this. I've seen people get in the business and go back to work because yeah. they're like, oh, it's just, it's just I, I don't want to do it. And then they're right. like, wait a minute. I don't want to do this either. I'm going back. Yeah. So it kind of gives you drive. Like, you know, these certain things are not what I want to do. And like, for me, I remember very young. I remember, I think I was 20, 21, something like Christian's age. And somebody was like, um, you're going to do this. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, I've just been here for the, and he's like, no, you're going to do it. It's your job. It wasn't nothing bad, but it, right. it ticked me off that somebody had control over what my day to day was going to be Yeah. or what I had to do. And from that day forward, I was like, you know what? Ain't gonna happen. It's gonna take me a long time, yeah. but I'm gonna get there. And when when I finally left UPS and um I was gonna go back for Christmas, my boss called me and said, Hey Jay, I need you to you ready to come have pretty much took the whole year off. And uh we need you for Christmas. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I had one condo paid off in cash and I had um a one and so I had enough stuff like, you know what, worst case scenario, I can live in this condo, I got my truck paid for, I'm good. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna go for my dream. Like, it's like you said too about when you hit 32 and you had that debt paid off. Like, yeah, it's like you have debt paid off and you're good. Like you've got something paid for. Yeah, you're good. You yeah. know, and I, there's a lot of people that will probably listen to this that aren't good. You know, they're they're coming here because they need help. But knowing that like you were at that place where you didn't have it, you weren't good. Yeah, <laughs> working <laughs> no. working hundred hours a week is not good while working for somebody else. Like. No. So that's that's kind of thing. It's like we don't get much more blue collar. It's funny you say that about the person. I have a story about that, mm. about the person telling you something, getting pissed off. But it's like in regards, you don't get much more blue collar than a delivery man. And you don't get much more blue collar than like a fry cook. I mean, Teamster. A, a, yeah. line cook. <laughs> a line like, cook. Yeah, like I started, like when I started getting into starting my business, like I was literally working 60 hours a week full time at night through the night, like 9 yeah. p.m. to 7 a.m. at Waffle House. And but I would leave Waffle House at seven a.m. and go have a nine o'clock meeting with a client. Yeah, I would go home, take a shower, take a twenty minute nap, go meet with the client, and then I would leave and go to the other job. Like I was working at the grocery store, so I'm working, I'm working eighty, ninety hours a week. These two jobs yeah. and just pouring all this money back into my other company as mm -hmm. it grows, and then ultimately leaving both of those and just taking one one part time job with another restaurant. But at that restaurant, there was a guy who worked full time, and I remember knowing that that money that I was making from the restaurant at the time, like. Empty Frames was paying the business, paying the bills. It was yeah. paying my paying my rent, paying all of my bills for the business, paying the car payment, insurance. Everything was being paid for by that. Everything else, that was, what I was making at the restaurant was because I liked the people. It kept me in, it kept me in front of other business owners, just like you, like yeah. you know, with rounders and things like that. It kept me in front of stuff, and it was. I mean, it was, it's fun. Like it's just a few hours of like. You know, you like waffles. Oh, this is when I was at Ribeye. <laughs> this was when I was at the steakhouse, but. No, I'll never go back to. I don't even eat there anymore at uh, Waffle House. I had to be pretty drunk, but I, I, I'll <laughs> eat there. 
But I remember this guy, this dude who worked 40 hours a week, like this was his only job and his wife didn't work. And there's no, no problem with a stay at home wife, stay at home mom. Like homemakers are great. Like my mom was one, like there's nothing wrong with that. But this dude, like this dude needed this job. This right. job was what paid his bills. And I remember he was like, he was laying into me one day, just like cussing and fussing at me. And I was like, I looked at him. I was like, dude, I don't need this. Like, I don't need this job. Yeah. You know, like, because I'd been in his position, like I, I managed the team at Waffle House. Like I was one of the, the shift managers yeah. and I managed a team of eight or 10. And when you, you, when you manage a team of eight or 10, when you got 200 or 150 drunk folks, like you manage some stress, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like it gets stressful and you manage and you, you, you learn how to lead. I've, and I've led volunteer teams and things like that. It's like, I, so I know how people should lead and I'm pretty good at being a number two or number three. Like I'm, I'm really good at being the teamster and like helping yeah. drive a vision home. But I looked at him, I was like, dude, I don't need this. I was like, I don't need this money. I don't need this from you. Like, I'm out. And I left. And, like, he wasn't the owner. And the owner of the company called me. He's like, what is this? You don't need my business? I'm like, his name was Chris, just like the owner <laughs> of the company I work at now. I was like, Chris, I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I don't need your business. I enjoy working for you. I enjoy working with you. But I don't need someone fussing at me. The $125 a week that you pay me for the three nights a week I cook. Yeah. Like, that's not worth it to me. That's time that I literally could see be sitting at home or going out somewhere and not spending $129, $128. As long as I spend less than what you're paying me, I don't, it doesn't hurt me not to work here. Right. You know? So I want to work for you and work with you, but like, I'm not going to be treated like that, you know? And like, he is a business owner. Like he's become a client in several different other ventures and has, we've grown together, but like he got it, you know? And it's, it's under like you, but not everybody hits that. A lot of people will cuss and fuss and go smoke a cigarette and come back in and work. Yeah. But like, if you're the business owner, if you, if you've got that in you, it's like, I'm not putting up with that. Like, I'm not listening. You talk junk to me. Yeah. Now I talk junk to people like, like Christian who's listening. Like I've taught, <laughs> I've taught, I've taught junk to him. He's uh the excellent producer for all the shows on react, which is his part of react radio. But it like there, I'm going to work with him or with anybody to make sure it's right. Right. Like you're not going to be here at seven o'clock without me. You're not going to be here at eight o'clock without me. You're probably some of these people aren't going to be here at two a.m. without me. Like I'm going to stay in and work with you, yeah. and I'm going to work harder so you can be successful. But like people, you know, if you're if you're that person that's working the line and being cussed at by somebody, it's like I don't need this. And you know, you you know, you have confidence in your product the same way with you yeah. and other stuff like that. You it's know like your worth. Yeah, it's like this. We want to be able to give you the tools to step outside. And actually find that freedom. And if finances are where you struggle most and managing that money is where you feel the most insecure or need confidence, that's what this is even more so going to be about, about how to take that that money side of things and really take control of it for your business, which will ultimately bring to you for your personal side. Yeah. And a lot of people, uh, not all debt is bad. You have to, I mean, when you're running yeah. a multi-million dollar company, you're going to be in debt. It's just the way it's going to be. There's certain things that have to be taken care of. Um and there was one time in my life I remember talking to my dad. I was like, dude, I cannot keep paying all these credit cards. I'm, I just can't do it. He's like, son, you're not going to not pay them. That's just not yeah. who you are. And, but I had that brief moment of like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not, I'm not, I can't keep doing this. I'm flipping all these credit cards over. I can't do it. And my dad's like, son, it'll be okay. Keep going. And it was good because I was just showing Chris, my credit score is 849. I have 850. Yeah, weird. That's a that's a weird flex. But yeah. yeah. Well, it was like Chris. I got one more point to get to eight fifty. He's a, you're never going to get it. They're just not going to give it to you. I was like, yeah. That's funny. But, <laughs> but it is amazing that your credit score 
going into certain things like that, that's, that tells a lot about a person that you don't know. Right. Um, does this person pay things back? Does this, I mean, so a lot of people get all up in arms about the credit score, but if I don't know you, credit score is how I'm going to judge you. But if I know you, I can see your credit score could be 400. You just made some bad choices. We can get you out of this. Yeah. So it, it's just weird. Like everybody deserves a chance. It's like, where did you make a mistake and how not to make it again? Yeah. that's, it's like you said that about in business, you're going to be in debt. In business, you're going to have debt because especially in the service space. And that's one of the things that, like, if you are if you own a service-based company and you're listening to this, like, that's going to be something we talk about because not only is that something we deal with with the agency, and when, when Chris is on, that would be something great to talk about with him because, right. you know, he was he was managing that before he came on, and then the advice given you've helped with, and also others, and, like, same with, you know, the staffing stuff and stuff like that. Like, you're going to have, like, you don't get if you have a if you have a fifty up front and a fifty upon complete, or you do eighty eighty twenty, or right. you do forty forty twenty. Like ever how you split your your payments and your invoicing, it's gonna there's gonna be times when you're floating. Like you're gonna have to have you're either robbing Peter to pay Paul, or you've got to have a decent three month runway or some type of something right. like that. And that's like maybe that's what maybe you need three months of a runway to pay payroll and pay your expenses, knowing that if no client pays you for three months, you don't have to make any drastic changes. That's right. And that's just like, those are types of things that are good, straightforward, practical advice. Three months of runway. Like let that be something that like, you just remember three months of runway. Like yeah. a lot of people will tell you a year, a lot of people will tell you six, but in reality, three months is a full 90. That's enough time for you to pivot your entire business model. If you're working. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and you're not going to not hustle. Like you've got, like, you're going to have to be attentive. You're going to have to work hard. Um, so, yeah, a lot of that too. A lot of people they look for lines of credit when it's too late, right? And that's one of the problems because of pride. Yeah, now they're like, "Oh crap, I need money." Well, now your numbers look bad. Why am I going to give you money? Yeah, you look for money when you don't need it. Yeah, period. Just like you make your money buying, not selling. That's right. Yeah. So, so I think that's been. I mean, a pretty good intro gives yeah. a pretty good synopsis of what's going on. Um, we've got some cool guests coming up, or you do. I'm not going to be here every time, um, but. <laughs> I'll sneak in every once in a while. Um, but got who you got? You got an agency owner, digital agency owner that your partners with? Restaurant owner, staffing owner. Um, and the restaurant owner owns multiple locations, right? Like yep. they, yeah, it's not just like a, not there's anything wrong with a single location, oh, but no, like it's yeah. He's some a, scalability there with it too. Yeah, and it, it can go to show you what you're trying to do multiple locations, different environments, different employees, and how to cash flow two different restaurants yeah. in two different locations and trying to run it each of them each day. Yeah. And all these are, all these are companies, these first three you're going to have on, these are companies that were existing and then they brought you in as a partner or, right. or either in as a consultant or in as a partner. And, um, I actually went to his restaurant. I was like, this is really good. I want to buy in. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, really? So like, that's <laughs> a good, that'll be a good perspective. Cause like I've worked with you from the ground up on yeah. several items. Like, Hey, this is an idea. Let's build it. Yeah. And I've worked with you on that regard, but it was, you weren't brought into my company you know, anything like that. Right. It was, you were already a part of the ones that I came into when I met you. So that'll be good. Like how that process worked for them. Like yeah. what was, they can give that perspective of what it was like bringing in someone who knows, who completely offers a different skill that I don't have and how that works and how that's smooth for us. And hopefully the, you know, let the owners know that I'm not trying to get all in your business. I want to help them grow, which helps me grow too. Right. A lot of people, I want 50% of this or I want 75% of your business. Yeah. I am not that person. I'm always looking. I want 10, 
if I'm am buying into a company. Yeah. And that's not that's not your your shtick. Like you don't buy in every no, company. No, like, yeah, no, your stick only is, the only the people I yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the yeah. one guys that one guys and girls because I have both that work hard, and I see them working, and you can see their worth ethic, and then you want to be a part of their growth. Right. You also want to make sure when they succeed, they succeed first. Right. You succeed later. Yeah, that's really big too. Like that anxiety of like this person's going to take forty eight percent of my company or fifty one percent of my company, and like I lose all my company and I'm under a stranglehold of all this debt from them. And you know, so find that it's nice for someone to hear that there are ones like you that exist. And this it goes back to the solution thing. Like you may not be the solution, yeah. but these three loan providers will work with you and they will be. So if you want to go, if you want us to work together and you want me to be a part of your business, I'm interested in it. But here's also this as well, but here's also a, as a service I can offer you, but here's another, if you don't even want to work with me in general. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. And those will be things that we share also for like tools and resources. Like we'll share out like a free tool, free resource, you know, like hopefully we'll one day have, like free trials to give us something like that. But um, we'll see where we go from there. Overall, I think it's a good episode. and I think so too. Um, we're going to try and hit. I appreciate hit. your time. Yes, sir. Thank you <laughs> for your time as well. Um, I'm talking like I'm the host. But I know. It's your I show. like it. No. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this. <laughs> You're going to keep me here? Next, well, I'm just going to be the facilitator of your don't, knowledge. Don't really need you to leave the agency. So this can be your part time. Okay. This can be my part time yeah. gig. Yeah, yeah. You need to get back to work. Um, <laughs> But we're hoping to pull out uh, every. Every Thursday, an episode uh, to be going live. Okay. We're, um, I think we'll be good right at about an hour. We're trying because it's it's weird, right? Because we have an attention span of thirty seconds or two hours. Yeah. So how do we hit to keep people listening? And I think if we can stick around an hour, like we're we're in a decent commute, but also like a lunch hour or something like that. Plus, like me and you, people that talk too damn much. Yeah, we talk too. We, we talk like too to much, talk, so and we're also we're also uh, very uh, busy with meetings and things. Yeah. So keeping on that getting the room back available for other people. Okay. But overall, um, I'll see you next week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time.